Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Throw It Batch. This is a podcast where we throw back our favorite wine and cocktails while recapping the most loved and hated reality show, The Bachelor. But FYI, we don't hold back, which means we are talking spoilers, news and gossip, insider info, astrology, and more. You have been warned. I'm Sam. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Melissa. Let's throw it back. Hey guys, welcome to Throw It Batch. We have a really, really special treat for you all. If you guys are on Instagram, I don't know if you have stumbled across the account, The Final Rose Tarot, but these two amazing women, Amelia Rose and Lindsay Millen, they created this product. It's tarot cards, but basically with a bachelor theme. And you guys have worked so hard. You have a Kickstarter. Thank you for joining us. You're going to be here for the whole episode. We love it. Ooh, we're so excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for having us. It's going to be so fun. My name is Amelia Rose. Um, I'm a tattooer. I live in LA. Basically, the story is that Lindsay and I were just kind of shooting the shit and we were thinking like, we're depressed. What would be like a funny thing to do? We were thinking like, oh, let's make a bachelor themed tarot deck. And we were like, oh, haha, that's so silly. But then we just actually did it. So <laughs> I'm a graphic designer and she's she has all the illustration skills. So like our two skills together, like in this really fun project turned out so fun and she makes stuff happen. Like I would have been like, haha, funny idea. Maybe I'll do that one day. But like, she's like, I, I drew some cards. And I was like, oh my God, this is happening. We're on the train. It's going, it has a life of its own. Have you guys been into tarot like your whole lives? Is this something that, that you just wanted to meld your two passions for tarot and the bachelor together? Or what's like your history with tarot? Well, we met actually like through kind of like a kind of spiritually type retreat with like a woman who does um, like spirit guide channeling and stuff. So we were already sort of like in these kind of like woo woo fun circles or whatever. And that's what, that where we met. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you know, that's how I it's just so LA, it's such an LA meeting story. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. I guess I've been doing or reading my own tarot personally for just like maybe a few years, like five years or so. And the archetypes are always something that I'd like to reimagine or like I kind of put it in a modern context. Something that's like everyone can relate to. Archetypes are very universal. They're not just really old medieval drawings that, you know, are on traditional tarot cards or like the one that everyone has. It has been really fun to like imagine The Bachelor through these archetypes and like all of these storylines and like they just are you know it's like the bachelor is such a it does have like kind of like a playbook um where the where they're playing with these roles so it's like perfect for interpreting in that way are there certain cards that were inspired by specific contestants or was it just the archetype in general of like the villain or you know the sweetheart yeah i guess we did obviously had like certain people in mind like our bachelorette card is based on Rachel Lindsay just because we love her besides Chris Harrison as the hierophant which is like kind of the sort of like creepy overlord <laughs> manipulator wow, that's perfect so that <laughs> yeah. still age as well <laughs> yeah I know yeah somebody dm'd us and they were like are you gonna change uh the 
the Hierophant card because of everything that's happening. And I was like, no, because it's like a negative card already. So, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, besides those two, really none of the other ones were based on specific people, but more just like the characters that people play. So like the villain or like the front runner or like the carefree person, (laughs) like the free spirit, that kind of thing. The meathead, definitely Chad. I I was like- Chad Johnson, uh-huh. meathead slash wannabe porn star. Yeah. I know. He's, I mean, he had to make his way in there. He's so iconic. <laughs> the intellectual, which I always just think of Bennett from last yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. He's a good one. He's a good one for that. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that this is a great tarot deck for starters or is it something like a secondary tarot deck for the more tarot enthusiasts? if you will. Is everything like labeled the same as an original tarot deck? Yeah, I definitely think it's even more for beginners than like the traditional like Rider Waite deck. Um, just because it's like, oh, six of swords, what the heck does that mean? But this one, it, it'll be like, you know, 10 of mirrors, blindsided. So it's like, even just looking at it, you're like, oh, I know exactly what this means already. So even though it comes with a guidebook that has like detailed descriptions, it's more obvious just based on the actual like illustration and title of the card, what it is. I love it because I love getting my tarot cards read. I have like all these, I'm like playing with them right now. Like, I don't even know. I have like all these different <laughs> like random like decks I like swipe up on Instagram for, you know, and you guys will be next. But <laughs> I have such a hard time with the original deck, figuring out what each card means. So I feel like this will be amazing for me because I am such a bachelor connoisseur and I'll be able to remember it better and understand what each card means. I'm like, oh, that's the villain. Okay. Yeah, I get that. I love it. It's so exciting. The cards are very relevant to situations that are maybe like related to the bachelor, but then also just really related to like individual because the bachelor is all about just basically personal dynamics. And so it's more related to our personal dynamics in our real life versus being kind of more cerebral concepts. So it does bring it more down to earth a little bit. So tell us about your like bachelor history. When did you start? I know you guys said you love Rachel Lindsay. Like what are your favorite seasons? How long have you been watching for? And what's your relationship with the franchise? Because I know all of us have kind of been having a hard time with it over the past few years. So I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit about that too. For me personally, I can't even remember when I started watching, but I started watching like more like seriously, probably like oh, I don't know, not that long ago, like Nick Vial season. I honestly like have just watched it kind of as a joke (laughs) this whole time. Like I would just get together with friends and like drink wine and just like roast everybody that's on it. And that's kind of how I like to watch it. But in that way, I think like my relationship with it has always been kind of poking fun at it a lot. I mean, you do like obviously like have, you know, some emotional reactions to like people and they're like, shit that they've gone through you do also have like a little bit of like real emotions when you're watching it of course but for me it's always been kind of just like oh what is happening here (laughs) I started watching I think well I got really into it during quarantine actually which is really funny um but I did watch live like I think the first one I watched like on Hulu like while they were coming out 
was Peter season. So it was really oh. recent. I would always go over to my um, brother and his girlfriend's house and my brother watches it too. Actually, both <laughs> of my brothers love it, which is <laughs> hilarious. Um, so yeah, we watch it together every time and it was just so fun and like we made it a thing. And then um, me and his and my brother's girlfriend started um, watching it together during quarantine um, and we just powered through all the seasons. Not all, but we then we watched Juan Pablo season to, to figure out who Claire was. I feel like back in like um, Juan Pablo season, the dates were like way better, the, the destinations they would go. It seems like the the um, franchise has gotten a lot cheaper about what they do for the yeah. dates and stuff. And it's just, it's kind of been interesting to, to look at that. But Well, so with locations, apparently they don't pay for anything. So it's really just all about what type of like marketing exchanges they can make which is kind of interesting didn't they like fly them to korea and then they like performed with a k-pop band like live (laughs) like that seems so fun what a good date so what were your guys' thoughts on claire and dale slash like taisha's season oh my god that (laughs) that was crazy and poor dale i feel like he got pressured on (laughs) national tv to not look like to ruin either ruin your whole reputation and have everyone hate you or or be with her and then he tried to break up with her you know like he stayed together long enough for it to seem like they were together and then he tried to like slowly back away and then i think he got bullied into to be claire is claire is so <laughs> intense it's like you're, you're not gonna be able to like break up with her and have it be like chill you know what i mean yeah no she will find you and she did by the way she yeah. did. it doesn't look mutual but i I have like a very sentimental like towards Claire. I don't know what it is. You feel bad for her. Yeah, I feel like I need to protect her or something. I do feel bad for her. I I wish she could find someone who's actually going to stay with her. That's what I want for, I would want for Claire. You know, I really don't think Dale, he's so much obviously younger than her. I think she could just get like a really nice rich guy that is older and could just handle (laughs) it, you know, and just like, whatever, just make her happy. Yes. And I think she would be happier. I, I this is this to me just seems like this is not going to end well, and that is sad. I I don't obviously don't want bad things for her. Yeah. But yeah. This is just kind of now yeah. it's dragged out. She has just like a wild energy though. Like you know what I mean. You have to be like so chill. I think to date her, she's like the Tasmanian devil of like emotion. You know. <laughs> she is. She needs someone who's so even keel. I keep saying, like, it would be great if there was like a camera guy or someone in production who's been admiring her from afar, but he's mm. so shy, he never got the chance to tell her how much he admires her. And then one day he will, and they'll be happy ever after. And she could just be the Tasmanian devil, and he could be like, that is beautiful. Like someone <laughs> yeah. who just like, you know, like how someone is just so in love that no matter what that person does, they like admire it, <laughs> but they also will just keep reading the newspaper or their their book that's who she needs like a yes dear type of person oh yeah (laughs) what are your guys's signs i'm a cancer i'm a gemini oh i love that (laughs) oh you guys definitely complement each other in like the arts and creativity department i'm a cancer rising so oh that's karmic i just want to add to like Mm -hmm. i love taisha she was robbed she should have gotten a whole season like what the heck she should have and i actually miss her season so much because i actually miss la quinta Nima Colon actually bores me. La Quinta. You can't ever say it. <laughs> can't say Nima Colin or Nima Colon. No, I can't, can't say, say La Quinta. La Quinta. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. I know everyone's like, I miss Tasha's season. And then during Tasha's season, we were like, this is bullshit. Get them out of this hellhole. Mm. 
But it was so I, much better. There were scooters. There were there were things. There were margaritas. There no, were things. There are things at Nemecolon. <laughs> there was nothings at La Quinta. But I'm obsessed with Zach and her. She actually found love, which I guess is the ultimate prize. I'd rather find my Zach Clark than. Oh my god, I love him so much. I know <laughs> Brendan, though. I mean, okay. Ooh. I know Amelia <laughs> loves a guy from Boy. Jersey. I love a riffer from Massachusetts or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, give me, give me Brendan all day long. He's Portuguese, <laughs> and so is my husband. So my husband was so invested in him. He was actually the one that fa- found out his sign. He's never seen someone Portuguese on like a reality show, so he's so like proud. What's <laughs> mm. his sign, though? Wait, isn't he a Scorpio? Scorpio. Yeah, he's a Scorpio. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Such a good match to cancer. Too bad I have a. Well, I'm in a relationship, but you know, <laughs> Scorpio and Cancer would go together. I'm just saying. I was a Zach Stan. Melissa was a Brendan Stan, and Caitlin was a Ben Stan. Okay, it's so embarrassing to say. <laughs> I mean, guys, I. I mean, his body is just like pretty insane. Like you can't deny that. But and I also really liked him on the show. Like I was so appreciative of him opening up that way and like sharing those stories that are so taboo, especially for a man to share on television like that. I just thought that was like really important. Um, But I really am so turned off by his social media presence and Instagram presence (laughs) after the show. Oh my God, it's like embarrassing. He picked his boogers on an Instagram story it's, and showed that's it. That's disgusting. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> but you know no. what? There are plenty of other gals out there, just like Caitlin. Plenty of other broads <laughs> that were in love with him and are still infatuated with him. So Caitlin, don't be embarrassed. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. Guys, tell us about your Kickstarter, how much longer it's going on and how people can get these cards. So it's going for another, I think, 37 days. So we're nearing the halfway mark um, and we are about 47% funded right now, which is really exciting. At 50% funded, we're going to unlock one new card. So that's kind of something exciting coming up. But you can just go to our Kickstarter. You can search it there, um, Final Rose Tarot. Or you could go to finalrosetarot.com or at finalrosetarot on Instagram to find the link to be able to purchase. Um, and we have a bunch of different tiers and like fun stuff that Amelia helped draw, like cool totes for like merch and like lots of stuff. So there's mm. lots of things you can get there. We're almost 50% funded and I'm so happy and um, just grateful that people are like into it because who knew? It's like so niche. It's so funny, you know, because obviously you guys went to the spiritual retreat together. You're very spiritual, clearly. Like I'm, I have, I have another podcast called Spiritual Spiral, so I'm very spiritual um as well so is melissa and we thought we were being so like nuanced and unique when we were like we're gonna do an astrology section to our podcast nobody's doing that but the collective is on this like astrology spiritual trend it's reality show wave like mixed with reality yeah yeah it's crazy like i mean you can even remember like there's certain years that people make like the same kinds of movies about the same thing. And you're like, are they copying each other? But no, Mm -hmm. it's just like this general collective that like we're all kind of into this stuff right now. So I think it just blends so perfectly to everything. It's funny because I've gotten so much flack for being like spiritual, but so into reality TV. When you are tapped into that stuff, you really see reality in a completely different light. Yeah. And this is something that actually we've been talking about a lot throughout the past like year is that we've noticed a lot of spiritual work is like really heavily like centered around like shadow work and um, working through trauma and like that kind of thing. And like 
of course that's like so important but on the other hand like you can't just be looking like at shadow like constantly or you're going to be miserable you also need to have like the complete opposite which is like watching the bachelor and like drinking wine and not taking stuff so seriously like you need that balance and i think that's why like a lot of people that are into spirituality are also into like just doing like really fun shit. Cause I mean, you kind of need it. <laughs> that's what life is for. Like, that's what we signed. You know, we signed up, we didn't sign up for this life to just be like trudging through our shit all the time and crying. You know, we signed up to like have life experience and have a good time. We are humans. We signed up to be here as humans. So let's like turn on the TV and watch some Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what's more human than watching reality TV? Like it's literally set up to just have experiences together. It's like so meta if you're like into, you know, that kind of thing. Like, and same with like, if you have like tarot cards that are about the thing, like it's just so meta, it's really funny. And if you can be like watching it for that and having a good time and, you know, I think that's like so healthy. You know, we have a spiritual life maybe like that is more like esoteric, but then we have like just like a human spirit that just like it really needs fun, I think too. So I think that's, it totally feeds that part of us. Let's get into this recap of our final four hometowns. You guys, we have these amazing women to stay with us to give their expertise. So we start with Michelle and Matt. Michelle is by far one of my favorite people I've ever seen on this entire show. I think she's so fantastic. Um, They go on a bike ride. I would be terrified to ever go on a bike ride with Matt James. I'll just say that. Like I would fall (laughs) off of my bike just trying to swerve away from him. He is a reckless man. I would be so pissed at him. I would be like, get the fuck away from me. What are you doing, dude? He's like like a man child. (laughs) He is. He was like, if I had a kid, he'd be trying to kick my bike. And he like tried to kick her bike. Did you see that? (laughs) Yeah. He was telling that story. It's like, you are a, (laughs) just a walking accident. Then we see this really adorable scene where they take them into a theater and they go into her quote unquote classroom and it's a Zoom of some of her students. We did a clubhouse last night, which by the way, was our best yet. When we were watching it last night in commercials, all these people thought that the kids were fake, that they were actors. <laughs> yes. Oh my <laughs> God. That sounds like some like QAnon. I know. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they said, I don't mean to be, the, one of the girls goes, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but I think these are child actors and everyone else goes, yeah, it is. I'm like, I- <laughs> they were definitely coached. Well, I just think it's funny because I guarantee you their parents like love The Bachelor and like are behind them. And you're like, ask them if he's going to give her a rose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really cute. I kind of like cried a little. I do think they're, <laughs> I, I know, I, I would say maybe I'm pregnant, but that's not possible, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but, the but, immaculate conception. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, I, I would, <laughs> I know we just met. Um, but <laughs> especially last season and it was quarantine and I would just tell the girls on the show about all of my sex dreams about Zach Clark and like all the different <laughs> contestants. So, um, you know, I'm into it. Those are my boyfriends in my dreams. So, you know, just who fantasy knows? suites every night. I am, you know, Literally. it's like really fun in this house. <laughs> so I just believe that Michelle is like a no bullshitter and wouldn't be comfortable having random children she doesn't know pretend to know her. So 
I'm going to say it was real, you know? I definitely think they were real. I don't know. They definitely just went through the last like three years and picked whatever yeah. kid or parent was okay with their kid being on national television. And then they trained all week for the special moment to ask the question. It was really cute. Like the questions were cute. One little girl asked if they've kissed. Another asked how many other girlfriends he has. If Miss Young will get a rose, if they're going to have babies, are you going to marry her? Just really precious. And then this one girl read a note that Michelle gave her. She was very, I think she wants to be the next bachelorette in like 20 years. It was like just really precious. And I just think Michelle is a really um, amazing woman. And she literally just got an Instagram a few months ago. Like she's not a fame hungry person. She's just a very genuine person. I really enjoyed her. Then we have the night portion of the date. I love her parents. Her mom is incredibly sweet and bubbly. You know, the conversations with her parents were really cute. The dad is asking Michelle if like she would say yes, if he proposes and she's a hundred percent in. there's a lot of tears. She's talking to her mom who, you know, notices maybe this is too fast and Michelle doesn't really think so, but they talk about a really bad breakup. A lot of these girls have had really bad breakups in the past that they um, have mentioned in this episode. And yeah, they have this amazing basketball game. Michelle tells him she's falling in love with him to which, you know, he's like, thank you. Um, thank you for telling me that. It just makes me so angry that he insists on continuing to say it to Rachel. What are your guys's overall thoughts about this date, about Michelle? Could she be the next bachelorette? Would she be in paradise or is she just like too good for it? I love Michelle so much. I think she's so refreshing. She just seems like such a sweet person. And I, I just like love her whole story. Like she's a teacher from Minnesota earlier in the season. She talked about, you know, being a resident of Minnesota, a person of color and George Floyd's murder over the summer. She brings an interesting perspective that's needed now. I just love her so much. I want to see her as Bachelorette in, because we know she's not the final pick, but like, I kind of do think she's a little too good for this franchise. I feel the same on that. I think that she could though, like, be really good for the franchise and taking it in back to like a Rachel Lindsay direction in a good direction. And I think that she would be a really good bachelorette. She would attract a different kind of audience. Yeah, it kind of seems like they're maybe trying to like gauge how people would feel about that because they've been giving her the little like post like blooper thing like for a couple weeks in a row. And I think they're giving her like all of a sudden kind of this like little extra spice on her edit. I don't know what happened with like Katie being the next bachelorette or they just decided not to go that direction or whatever. But I think now they're kind of like just putting it out there that Michelle might be the next bachelorette and kind of see what the reaction is. I'm hoping it's not Katie just because they had the most diverse cast they ever had and then for them to pick someone white I feel like that's kind of just like why I go back I think she would be good but uh, Michelle would be good but I just feel like she's so sweet and I totally felt for her when she was talking about how badly she had been hurt in her last relationship it's just like you can feel that and her parents seemed so sweet you know like that they're gonna be there for her no matter what and it's like oh my god she's so pure and she's such a good she seems like such a good person that I, I I don't know I think being bachelorette is hard when you're dating all these people and like, but who knows, maybe, maybe it'd be empowering for her to have come from, you know, like the opposite situation or having had a bad relationship and getting to ha- have everyone come to her. So I would, I would like to see her as Bachelorette. I would love to see her like kick her men's ass at basketball. How great would that be? I could see it now. She'll have a basketball date and it'll be a group date. 
And then she will like show them what's up because she played basketball in college. Michelle's date ends. It is, you know, it's good. It's fine. I just think that she is exactly who Matt is looking for, which is what he says at one point. But is he ready for her? I don't know. Then we're going to get into Rachel and Matt's one-on-one date. I don't know if they re-edited this or something, or I re-edited it in my mind because all I saw was her driving up in like a Cruella DeVille car. And I'm just like villain, villain, villain. Like it's all I could think. She blindfolds him. She's very confident. I think this is the most I've honestly ever seen her talk. Again, like, why is she getting the star treatment? It's extremely frustrating. Like Michelle went on a bike ride and Rachel gets to jump out of an airplane with Matt, which, you know, um, I bet she would have preferred a bike ride after that landing. Michelle got a bike ride and a Zoom call, which was precious and probably the most precious hometown we've ever had. But still, yeah, and a picnic with no real food, no real charcuterie. Do you think that the show really just like didn't know about the stuff from her past when they cast her? And then they were like, well, fuck, it's not like we can edit this whole hometown out. She was like the front runner. So they pretty much made the whole season like make her look really good. And then everything came out and they were like, oh shit. Or do you think that they like purposefully cast her knowing that just for like the drama? It's such a good question. And it's like the million dollar question right now because- It's hard to believe that they would know this and put her on this season with the first Black Bachelor, but it's like hard to believe that they couldn't find it. I mean, Reddit found it how fast. It like really is crazy. Like if regular people on the internet can like find this stuff out, how can't these producers where it's their job? I'm just like so torn because it's hard to believe that they would know this and put it on, but that they couldn't figure it out. Does anyone have like a strong opinion on this? Well, Reality Steve said that the producers didn't find anything when they did the background search. It was stuff that was submitted by people after the fact. Someone was at the antebellum party and so that, that picture part- was n- not on any of Rachel's social media accounts. No, the things that they found on the social media accounts were, you know, the pictures that they said she liked. That's yeah, yeah. one thing, but she wasn't really in those pictures, except for I think the one with the sombreros. I don't know. Or the luau one. Unfortunately, we've all done Cinco de Mayo. We've all been yeah. to a luau, which now, yeah. we, you know, I've, I, I that was one thing that I actually was like, oh, I didn't know. Like, that's like Polynesian appropriate. That actually, this whole thing taught me that so I told my friend you can't have a Moana birthday party for your daughter anymore (laughs) um and she was really annoyed with me but it's fine well that's like the thing too that's like I mean our parents used to like dress us up in like you know whatever costumes and stuff and like I don't know we're all like growing and learning and like becoming aware of that kind of thing so it's a bellum though we like we that's the different that's the one thing that but the the luau I was like oh I mean it was only like a couple years ago with that it's not like she was like a little child to be honest I'm not super confident you know that she's learning or what have you I I I don't know but (laughs) this date they skydive I don't know if Matt has ever been skydiving before because he looked really scared like he says he's a thrill seeker but like he was terrified and she was this like big girl on campus she's like oh are you scared are you scared I'm cool she's up there in the sky they have her mic'd she's like Matt I told you I was falling for you now I'm actually falling for you like she has so much confidence you know she thinks that she rules this world and then (laughs) It's not funny. I mean, like she could have gotten so hurt. Like I cannot believe that landing. And first of all, that she was okay. Second of all, that like they even aired it. I guess it was a 
storyline because he's like, if you died, I would really be sad. I love you. Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, I thought that it was weird that they didn't edit it. They edited out the part where they didn't have medics because they were just like, hey, sit up. Like you could have had like, she could have like literally broken her back. It looked like she like flopped. You know, yeah. so that was weird Wait. that they didn't edit that. Why didn't they keep that part in? There's no way they would have just been like, oh, you just fell from 12,000 feet. Well, I they didn't have a medic. <laughs> they had a SWAT team to fix her hair. That's all they had. Yes, I was laughing <laughs> so much. Like the guy like runs up with like the medical kit and then he just starts like taking grass out of her hair. I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, yeah, she's probably like concussed. Like, I mean, she said that her back was hurting. You can't move someone like that. No, that's just not a good idea. (laughs) I can't believe she didn't knock a tooth out from the way she fell. Like, could you imagine if she would have come up all bloody missing a tooth? (laughs) I would have been so bad. My front teeth would have been gone from that. Mm. I'm like so weak. I would have just like died. (laughs) (laughs) Actually just like midair from from like being scared. (laughs) Yeah. I know for a fact already gravity hates me. So that would have gone so bad, but you know that this is definitely not her first time skydiving because she had a prepubescent child. Oh my God. That guy was like 12 who she was strapped to. That was insane. It's weird. Like as an empath, I felt bad for the guy (laughs) for all the Mm -hmm. heat that he must be taking. I'm like, oh, he must've felt really bad. (laughs) That was like my, (laughs) that was my first thought. But I mean, the girl's a fighter. (laughs) The part where she's like, I have a lot of grass in my mouth. (laughs) It's like, oh, how romantic. So chill, almost too chill. Well, I mean, I also think in her defense here, she was probably in absolute shock, right? Yeah. Yeah. This date too is the type of dates like when they do like dangerous stuff together that like bonds people, you know? So Mm -hmm. it does make sense that she is, you know, ends up being the final one and she got the exciting date and she was blindfolding him on the way there and like laughing, you know, like being sexy because that's sexy, you know? It's like, I'm blindfolding you and we're going to go skydiving or whatever. When did you guys find out the spoilers? Is it recently or did you know earlier? I first saw the stuff come out about Rachel on TikTok, just like completely unrelated to everything. So then I, that's when I knew that something was up with her, but then maybe we follow on that, on our Instagram, some spoiler type stuff. Cause I feel like I've been very well informed of all of the updates <laughs> uh, since they've been coming out. So it's cool to hear what you guys think though. Cause everyone hears different stuff and we're kind of piecing this all together. Well, one thing that we keep questioning and we talk about this, the three of us all the time on our own, it's like, what would we think of Rachel just by viewing her without knowing the spoilers? Yeah, something that I saw as a red flag right away with her before, maybe I can't remember if this was before I knew about that or not, but that she just said she'd never been in love. And then the fact that he said he'd never been in love, I'm like, all right, this is such a big red flag. Like you can't, and then she's like, I'm in love, you know? Like, no, you're not. Like yeah. you said, you've never been in love. Like, I don't believe this, you know? Yeah. It was the $40 shoes for me. Yes. And then someone on Instagram or TikTok did like a photo compilation of all these different shoes that she's worn that are well over $40. Yeah. I don't know what I would think. I mean, it seems obvious that they have the best like chemistry. Like it just seems obvious that he just likes her the best and like has since like really early on. So I don't know if I was watching without any spoilers, I'd probably just be like, oh, okay. You know, he's just into like the most like basic 
girl there basically like you know what I mean like yeah yeah she's like very like stereotypically beautiful and she's white and she's like just boring and it's you know what I mean it's like there's nothing interesting about choosing her as your person if you guys were to pick a card from the deck at all like do you have any that like remind you of Rachel well we have one and this is it kind of relates to this it's either the six or seven of mirrors and it's for the wrong reasons Mm -hmm. that's what the card is and it's the the image on the card is like an Instagram notification with like six 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 likes and like (laughs) follows and then there's like flames in the back so it, it totally reminds me of to me, I mean, I think she probably is on the show for like clout or just like everyone goes on that show to be an influencer now, you know? So I think mm-hmm. to me, the one that stands out is that one. But what do you think, Amelia? Yeah, that one, I don't know. I was just getting lost in my own thoughts about this. Like just my like personal like conspiracy theories about this, which is, you know how like Matt seems like so boring? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my theory is that like they've just produced it and like edited it in such a way that like he just comes across as like the most bland ever to make him like more like palatable in air quotes for like middle America and I wonder if they like also pushed him towards picking somebody that wasn't a person of color too like oh we can't Mm -hmm. have like two people of color you know what I mean and how they kind of set that up as a possibility in the first episode with that bizarre conversation with like Chris Harrison I'm just wondering how much of this is like real and how much is just like the show kind of just orchestrating it to go in a certain direction and then the show being like oh shit we fucked up we shouldn't have like pushed him towards this girl. (laughs) Yeah like how much of it is manipulated and I have this feeling and I've never said this before on the podcast I've always been kind of afraid to if I was the first person of color or the first bachelorette of color on the franchise and they kept putting in the fact, and this could be my own imagination or my own, you know, personal thing I got to deal with. But if they kept saying, you were the most wanted, all these submissions for you, everybody, like they kept driving in this fact of like how desired he was. And yeah, it's an obvious, I don't think it needed to be said six times throughout the season. Are you guys trying to like show the racist people in America, like, this is why he's here. Like, look at the, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It really rubs me the wrong way. Definitely. Like, it's like, look, like he's super popular. We promise. I I don't, it, it irks me. Doesn't have real justification. I mean, he's a very attractive man, but he hasn't been on a show before. Like we don't know him really, unless you follow Tyler Cameron or Hannah Brown, then like, how the heck are you supposed to know him? So how is he so desirable to all these people? He is desirable because we know from social media, right? All the viewers need to know is how he got on the show. He knew Tyler. Like they could have done a whole montage backstory on that. And then we would have all been fine. But to keep reiterating it and be like, oh, we have so many submissions that these new women now need to come in. No, the new women need to come in because you're scared that you're in one location and things are going to fall flat. I totally get what you're saying. I mean, you have to read into it, right? Because every single thing that they include is a conscious decision. So why? Why did they keep having to say that? And it kind of like reminds me of this essay that I read that was about Jason Mesnick, who mm. my mom was talking about this last night and I was looking for it today. And I 
I couldn't find it for some reason, but I'm Jewish. So I was very, and he's actually from my hometown originally. Mm. I was very compelled by it. Well, I was just thinking about it because they completely like edited out anything um, having to do with him being Jewish at all. And then the person who wrote this article was talking about how like at the beginning when they're like introducing him, they were showing like him and just portraying him like really deliberately as this like all American, like buff dude, which like kind of goes against like how Jewish men are normally like portrayed in the media. So it feels kind of like that, like, oh, he's Jewish, but like, he's not really Jewish, you know, Mm. like, and kind of doing this treatment to Matt, like, you know, oh, he's black, but like, uh, look, all these women, like, want to date him and yeah it just feels weird it feels it's like you don't have to say that like he's a great guy like that's enough you don't even have to say that yeah Yeah. what was the ladies man like what was so appealing about pilot pete who lived in his parents house like i'm sorry (laughs) like literally nothing barb (laughs) (laughs) there's definitely like a mold that they have of the bachelor and then everyone kind of fits into this mold and i honestly feel like a lot of the bachelors are so just like okay this is a little bit too far but just like they're so unsexual they're like not they don't have like that like so bland they're they're so bland and they're not they're not leading with sexuality at all and they're kind of just like a mold of a man you know they're like the bachelor and that's like you you have to be that because I never okay I thought I always thought Matt James was kind of like like what you don't know anything about him I learned something about him from Michelle talking about how he's planting inner city gardens and stuff. I was like, wow, I'd like to know that. I looked at his Instagram and he's like skateboarding. I'm like, what? Like, I'm like, that is, makes him so much more attractive. But like, I don't think that fits in with the mold. The inner city gardens could fit in with the mold maybe, but maybe that's too, that's not like relatable enough or something to like this bachelor mold that they created. That's not what that bachelor mold does or something. I don't know. That would have been the hottest thing. Like that's Mm. actually what like turns on, you know, that's what makes us juicy goosies hearing that he does all this like nonprofit organization stuff. We don't need to see him doing pushups or like carrying a log shirtless. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's fine. I'll take it. I I really will replace the Peloton segment with which I would have been awesome if Damar was the instructor. Um, that would have been like, so like inception bachelor type that's of a, thing. That's good. Oh, yeah. they should have. That would have been so epic. <laughs> the Easter egg. But yeah, can we replace these moments with him talking? Like, even if he was on the phone being like, wait a minute, I have to email this person to make sure these kids are planting veggies <laughs> in the garden. I don't know. Like, I would have loved that. And they, and they supposedly casted so many women that were involved in nonprofits or philanthropies anything and they none of them shared any of their stories of those involvements and neither did Matt at any point had Michelle not said that I'm glad you brought that up that made my heart melt and I was also shocked that we're at the end of the season and we're hearing about this now it's the editing I mean I don't know if they've hired new people or like what's going on I guarantee you that they have talked about their organizations and I mean, ABC Food Tours, we've barely heard about it, but I I bet he's talked about it. They're just, they're cutting things out to the point where it's hard to even understand what's happening. You can tell that they're cutting things out so much. Mm -hmm. So I will just like give them that, him that, that I bet that he has talked about it. I think they just cut out his personality. And like you said, they need him to fit into the mold of the bachelor. (laughs) 
Now we go to Rachel's night portion where we meet her parents. And I just like have to say that I felt so uncomfortable during this whole mm. part of the show because of everything that we know. And I was not really looking forward to meeting her parents. And they kind of lived up to my negative expectations of them. Before before Rachel and Matt even walk in, her father is saying that like he would be surprised if she's actually in love with him. And I just got really negative vibes from the dad this entire bit. Did you guys feel that? Like his facial expressions, how he was like kind of like aggressively drinking his cocktail. I don't know if you guys felt this too. Maybe it's because I know what I know, but I was just kind Mm -hmm. of turned off by him. That scene with he's in front of the fire, like they're like (laughs) sitting and talking by the fire, like it's so ominous. Yeah, I mean, he has posted, um, I think he's probably deleted it now, but I know in the past, like he posted some weird stuff on his Facebook, just like, and his Facebook's pretty public. I, I was looking at it today. I just think he deleted those posts, but he said some like really messed up stuff. Like, you know, why do I have to pay more taxes? So people that don't work can get more money, you know, like that, (laughs) basically that kind of thing. And, you know, he also has said stuff like, I forget where they were traveling to and he was on some Island and he was talking about going to like a nude beach and being and talking about all the teeny weenies and the titties out there. Like he's just, that's disgusting. It was not a great look for the family. I mean, they didn't do anything necessarily wrong, but But yeah, I think just like combined with what we all know, and then just like the weird facial expressions being negative about it, which I mean, is understandable. We always have, you know, a father to each season who's, you know, the negative one who doesn't understand what the Mm -hmm. rush is, but just like everything combined, I was just feeling like pretty icky throughout this whole scene. But anyway, so Rachel talks to her mom, tells her that it's serious. She's falling in love with him. The mom you know, kind of being negative too, starts out with asking if there's any red flags, but Rachel says no, um, even though she is, she is the big red flag. Then Matt talks to Rachel's dad and he says he just doesn't know like how they could get to this point in such a short amount of time. You could tell he was so not into it. So Rachel talks to her dad. Um, she says it might be naive of her to think that she's different than the other girls there. And he kind of says like, yeah, you are pretty naive to think that. Well, yeah, so like that was the red flag of it all. Like how it's it's naive, but it's also narcissistic. Like it just shows what a narcissist she is. But what's sad is that she's also not wrong. Right, I mean, it definitely is a narcissistic mindset, I guess, but like, it's so clear that she is the front runner here. But I feel like she's felt this her whole life. She's always the special one. I mean, isn't Maybe. it? It's obvious to me. I'm surprised she's the special one because her sister's name is Trinity. And I was like, that's fucking dope. <laughs> Did you notice that? I was like, Trinity? My sister Trinity. I was like, wow, that's yeah. the star. And we get a really interesting nugget when Matt and Rachel talk alone about, you know, getting her father's blessing, which is like a whole other bachelor trope that people have certain feelings on. I personally don't love the idea that we need to have a father man's blessing for someone to ask for someone's hand in marriage, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, But Matt says that when he gets to the point of asking for her father's blessing, he will, but he doesn't want to do that with four families and Rachel's kind of disappointed. I thought this was kind of an interesting like little nugget here that 
kind of further shows that she's going to be his final pick. Yeah. I mean, he also told the family, I think that she's the only one that like I've told that I'm falling in love with her. He said to all the other parents, like I'm falling for her and he knows who he wants to pick at this point. And it's just, I don't know why he couldn't have gotten like a better read on the family, but I guess some families are just weird and uncomfortable in these situations. So we probably assumed that it was that, you know, I know that Matt James is Mr. Influencer, Tyler Cameron. We're going to sell merch eating pizza, like just kind of little douchebags, not going to lie, but (laughs) he I think is probably going through a lot right now, taking in all of this information and, you know, coming to terms with who he is and all of the prejudices he's probably faced growing up. It probably just feels like such a fucking punch to the gut. I really feel bad for him. Definitely. I mean, he's definitely like kind of a victim of that situation, which it sucks to be the first black bachelor and then have this huge thing come out it is at his expense which is really sad you know because he was just trying to do he was just trying to do the job of the bachelor mm-hmm. and be in that role and find someone and then it just was really sad that the show didn't do their due diligence or whatever and like this is already such a heated time it's the reason why they picked a black bachelor because of all of like what's going on like with George Floyd and everything the fact that they picked him and then this came out it's just like ah oh, that's a, such a double like just a double whammy for him I feel awful for him I just don't think he was prepared for this to be in this role you know he's never been in love before like why are yeah. we casting someone doesn't matter like what race or religion they are that's never been in love before that's about to get married that doesn't make any sense does not they should have been Mike. I wish it was Mike so much. Oh, yeah, me too. We were all so Mike's bachelor. I know. But I do feel bad for Matt also because being mixed race, you are never wholeheartedly accepted by the Black community or the white community. Every time you enter a certain space, it's kind of like you're on the edge of your seat of like how you are going to be received. And that's the same thing for me as being mixed race. So it's like, I feel for that. And then to be put on like the pedestal as like the first black bachelor, knowing that you've had those experiences throughout your life and not really being sure of how people are going to receive who you choose at the end of this. I know there are people that don't feel bad for him, but I, I certainly do. So then we have our third in quotations, hometown date with Brie, who I love. I just think she seems like such a cool girl. I really like watching her like style too. They go off-roading in a Jeep and she's kind of getting back at him here for when he almost killed her early on in the season on their (laughs) one-on-one. The second almost death of the season. And Brie opens up to him and tells him that she's insecure, that she isn't going to be giving him the traditional family experience. Um, We know that Brie was raised by a single mother who had her very early on in life at 13, I believe. So she does have a unique family situation. I have to say, Brie's mom was a (laughs) star from this episode. Like, Brie's mom for Bachelorette, I'm pretty sure. I was thinking that too. I was like, oh my God, how insane would it be if her mom was a Bachelorette? Her mom was awesome. I I loved her and it was it was really cool seeing them together. Bree's family for her hometown is her mom, her friend who is also named Bree who looks like it could be her sister and her newborn baby sister. The big theme here is Bree is nervous to open up to Matt and tell him that she's falling in love with her. 
And when Brie expresses this to her mom, her mom has a really amazing quote here. Mm. She says that worst case scenario is we'll be mending a broken heart together, but we'll survive. And I just thought that that was really sweet. I loved watching her and that, that I, I don't know what I expected because her mom, you know, being so young, you wonder like, what is that like, you know, having a mom that's not that much older than you, you know, which is so different, but she seemed so nurturing and motherly. Not that I would think that that would make her any less, but I just, I was just like, wow, I was really impressed by her mom. Her mom seemed really, really sweet. So, such a friend to her too. Everyone's like, oh, my mom is my best friend. My mom, but I was like, no, this is a great example of mom and daughter, best friend, nurturing and like understood her so completely it was beautiful yeah. saw some memes that said real life Gilmore girls and had their picture it was really cute so cute <laughs> that's genius it really is they should have their own show um, raising but- baby springs <laughs> I love that. Um, but then at the end of the date Brie and Matt talk privately and she does open up and tell him that she's falling in love with him and expresses that it was really hard for her to get out Matt thanks her for sharing which she always does and it just really annoys me when he says that when the girls open up that's how her date ends and I had kind of always been like thinking that Brie was a really big front runner I didn't really get that feeling after this date me too this is the first episode that I saw that there was like a disconnect here and even when she told him that she was falling in love with him maybe it was because she was nervous I just didn't find it natural. I felt like she was pushing it out and he was like, eh, and she was like, is that okay? And then they just made out. She looked real nervous during the rose ceremony. Like you could tell she knew that something wasn't quite right. He's kind of abigailing her. She had the first one-on-one date. Why wouldn't she get a second one-on-one date? Why didn't she get that dance with Aloe Black? Like it's very, very weird. Well, speaking about that in a second one-on-one date, Melissa, take us home with Serena P. So they go into a room with Canadian flags. The map of Canada killed me. Justice for Matt James, because they're trying to do these like index card games. Like, what does this mean in Canadian? And she said, beanie. And his response was toboggan, which mm-hmm. I pulled up some articles and you can check her Instagram. Well, it's probably going to be gone by the time this podcast comes out but you can google it toboggan is a synonym for hats in the u.s i don't think it does, is in canada i think uh, there was what? Not, yeah that's weird i i can show it to you guys right here articles from 2017 like why do they call beanies toboggans is because because of the freezing condition toboggan riders often wore knit hats to keep warm these hats soon became known as toboggans wow that's crazy i've never heard that <laughs> in, in america Yeah, so justice for Matt James. He wasn't far off. (laughs) He wasn't that far off. But her making him feel stupid, great TV. I love Mm -hmm. when (laughs) she's like, Mm -hmm. are you kidding me? Between the ick kiss at the yoga date and that, I feel like she had her answer. (laughs) She was ready to go home. That date was really uneventful. Um, The Canadian food was disgusting. Uh, During our clubhouse room, a lot of Canadians were totally offended by the display of poutine (laughs) that they had to witness on that matt and serena p night portion date with the parents another mom got it going on she's a gem beautiful woman and knows her daughter like that but let's give it up to talia so serena sits with her sister talia and she says she's falling for matt 
but she's not in love with him. And she says she's catching these feelings, but her sister just sees right through the BS. And she says, that's great, but something's missing. You don't seem smitten. Everyone knows when you like somebody, you can't wait to tell your people. You can't wait. You come in, you pounce on the couch, you sit cross-legged and you are just bouncing excited to talk about them what do you guys think of that I felt like it was easy to read but everyone was like wow this family's psychic no it was so obvious she does not like him he even knew he was like before that yoga date he was like yeah I don't know if we're like on the same page and then it was like no you're clearly not like she does not like you (laughs) yeah she seems like giddy to see the family but not giddy to tell them about her romantic connection with Matt so I I thought it was pretty easy to see I just never saw a connection with them at all and I thought he was going to send her home last week yeah the yoga thing was so uncomfortable for her that was weird and they should respect her boundaries around that like that seemed weird in 2021 to having a woman do that if she felt comfortable but yeah I just I thought he was gonna send her home because it seemed like she didn't like him And so I just, I just don't see it. I don't know. And so the family picking up on that, I think that's right on. Matt's Venus is in Libra, which is like in its home sign. And Mm -hmm. I think without it being well-adjusted, well-tuned, it's like he can find love in anything he wants to, or find something admirable or loving in any situation that he wants to, even when the signs are pointed in a different direction. And with like Serena telling him, I really didn't enjoy that date. You would have enjoyed it if you enjoyed the person you were with and you finally got time with them. Mm -hmm. He took that as like, I'm so glad that you're honest and you could just shoot the shit with me and say when you don't like a date. Like he just Venus and Libra'd it and twisted Mm -hmm. it around into something. And I feel that way with Rachel. Like she could literally, I said this last night, she could talk about eating her toenails and he'd be like, I love the amount of self-care you put into yourself. Like he'll just take anything. I Obviously I don't know as much about astrology as you do, but I kind of, felt like some of the way she was acting in this episode was kind of like Scorpio-ish. Like it kind of seemed like she was like keeping him at a distance because she like wasn't totally, she didn't want to like let herself fully open up to him. And like, if she wasn't 100% feeling it, she wasn't going to like be 100% in it. She was super Scorpio. She shows so much Scorpio, the last date, especially like her not being into that yoga date is such like a... A Scorpio wouldn't be into that kind of date. Like you're putting me in this uncomfortable situation and making me a spectacle where we have to touch each other and PDA in front of other people. Yeah, that exuded that. But then with this, what I felt was the realization that she's really going to the end game and she doesn't feel that strong of a connection with him. Also, her Venus is in Sagittarius and she's young what was she like 22 at the time she was the youngest yeah, contestant or well her no kit was the youngest but she was 21 youngest yeah. yeah and she was 22 when you have a venus in sagittarius you you have to sow your oats that's natural to you i'm surprised i'm not a venus in sagittarius i wanted to be like <laughs> like my biggest dream was to be a runaway bride or like be samantha <laughs> from sex in the city Hilarious. i, I love dreamed it. of being samantha from sex in the city so I had to do a lot of shadow work when I was engaged being like, I never wanted to get married, but I love you. I was so toxic when I was engaged (laughs) Um, because it was like, I truly only did it because I was so in love, but like, otherwise I wanted to sow my oats too. I'm an I'm a Venus in Aries, but so a Venus in Sagittarius being that young, I can only imagine 
the thought of entering a public relationship, which is, I feel just as much as a commitment as an engagement. Do you guys also feel like one of the reasons that Matt liked Serena P so much was because she didn't like him. She's the only one that got two one-on-one dates. And I think it just proves his kind of never been in love, like inexperienced, you know, if he really wants to find a partner, he would have let Serena P go a few weeks ago. I never thought of that, but I think that's totally right. Cause I think he's, I find him to be so emotionally unavailable, you know, and that's just <laughs> classic emotional unavailable picking someone you don't, that doesn't like you giving them double, double the amount of time when like you could have given it to like literally anyone else. Like that's just crazy to me. To me, he kind of comes across as like, I think you said this, Lindsay, like he's like a reformed bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> a frat yeah. bro who's like now like knows the right things to say, kind of. But to me, like, I don't know if he comes across as like really that like emotionally aware actually. And that would kind of explain like that he maybe like kind of saw or, but like was willing to like ignore the fact that she like kind of doesn't like him and like ignore any like weird vibes from Rachel's family and just be like, oh, well I'm the bachelor and I'm like charismatic and you know, I'm like a hot frat dude that like women are always falling over themselves over me. So like, of course, like this is going to work out just fine. You know, like he kind of has like a little bit of that energy to me. Mm-hmm. Do you guys, do you guys follow Mystic Michaela at all? Do you know who that is? Mm-mm. She's an, she's an aura reader and she has this podcast called Know Your Aura and it's like so amazing and it's, Great. you know, highly recommend. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. It, it'll literally change your guys's life. Like I'm definitely like, I'm getting a reading from her soon, soon, but I'm a purple, probably blue or indigo. Like she is, it's like yellow, blue, purple, red, green. It's really cool. People have different combinations, but she did an aura. She watches the bachelor and she did kind of an aura read on him and says that like when he's around his bros, like Tyler Cameron, he kind of Mm -hmm. absorbs that energy and like shifts and change. But like deep down, he's authentically a green blue, which means like he's very inventive um, unique. Well, in, don't you think, well, what do you think green is Melissa? It's like inventive, unique. Um, yeah. My husband's a green. Yeah. I don't know what his other color is, his other, whatever, mm-hmm. but he's, yeah, it, you can either, there's different types of greens. Like you can be like the science guy green. Uh, mm-hmm. you could be like the Mark Zuckerberg green. Um, you could be the guru green, like a Russell brand type. So, <laughs> yeah, but that he's just like, so influenced by, by everyone around him and that he often makes some kind of iffy decisions and again Tyler Cameron has not spoken up against anything he's just selling his like Matt James shirts well when you take a bunch of dudes and dress them in suits all the time you kind of don't really get an idea of who they really are it's the same thing as being in the workplace and then you see them at happy hour and you see a totally different person I agree with what Amelia says is that you know he was basically teleported from Broland into like regal heartthrob ladies man that needs to find a wife like no dude like you were eating like pizza off the floor in New York City and eating cookies and like sharing your boxer briefs with Tyler Cameron I was I'm freaked out Mm -hmm. I literally was just about to say sharing dirty (laughs) boxers with Tyler Cameron 
But Serena talks with her mom and expresses her doubt. Her mom talks about her last relationship and how it messed with her head and her biggest fear came true at the end of the relationship. She's hurt and now she's like struggling to trust her feelings. I think that that's a big cop out. I don't think anything has to do with the pain and strife of her last relationship. I think that's just a puddle she wanted to jump back into because she doesn't know what the other puddles feel like. It's okay to not be ready for a serious relationship. Do you? Right after that, we clip into Matt having a conversation with Chris Harrison. He says, like, if you have concerns with Serena P, I would figure that out before the rose ceremony. I also just want to say that I'm surprised they kept that scene in because they could have cut it out. It would have made sense. Yeah, like there have been so many choppy moments throughout this season that we don't even know why they're so choppy. So it just would have, we would have been immune to it at this point. I don't think they're going to get rid of him. Like they're trying to, no, they're trying to keep Chris Harrison. I'm sure they only care about money. Maybe I'm wrong, but like a vast majority of their viewership is like middle America, Southern States. Like Mm -hmm. those people love Chris Harrison. And if they fire him, those people are going to maybe boycott the show or something. I think they're going to try to like, maybe be like oh we hired this you know personal diversity coach to help Chris and you know he's done a lot of reflection and now he's back you know I bet that's what's gonna happen well his manly bands uh thing is no more they've like deleted him from the website he had like a male ring like engagement wedding ring thing and crest he was removed from his crest ads which is hysterical because you know, he's promoting white teeth with white privilege. So, oh, wow, Melissa, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, like, did either of those companies make a statement about removing him? I think Crest Maybe. might have, but Manly Bands did not. I know that much. They just were like, delete, delete, delete. It never happened. I mean, just from like what I know from the astrologers and psychics and stuff I've had on my other show, Spiritual Spiral, like I didn't think The Bachelor would be this important to be completely destructured. Like my thought, you know, it's like government because that's what everyone says. It's like government and everything you know is going to be restructured and taken down. But I'm like, shit the bachelor (laughs) like that's actually what's happening yeah sure the government and all that but it's like the things that we watch and love and I don't know if the show's gonna survive this I really really don't I kind of have a feeling that they might end it and then start again in a couple years I hope that's not true because we have our podcast and I love it I'm sorry to be so like pessimistic about it too like I just don't trust them that they actually want to change in any real way just like I don't know I just don't trust ABC and I don't trust these other companies and I just have a bad feeling that they just actually don't give a shit about any of this beyond like ratings this show is really a mirror of what society is like as a whole it's a reflection I mean so yeah this is pretty crazy Chris Harrison they kept that clip in and Matt then goes to see Serena P and he tells her that he knows this process has been a lot but he has known how he felt about her for a long time. She really is the person he spent the most time with. So crazy. <laughs> he spent yeah. the most time with the one person who I think had a better time hanging out in the balcony, like creeping on the dates with the girls. Like I think she had a better time with the girls kikiing it than she did with Matt James. She blindsides him and they have this honest conversation and she says that she's scared. But Matt keeps saying, just trust me just trust me or like can you trust me 
I don't think this has to do with trust, Matt. She just has the ick. And this is what made me cringe so bad. What did you guys think of that? It's basically like sister wives. Like, just trust me. You'll fall in <laughs> love with me soon enough. I, I felt bad for him because she is like the fun, spunky one. She's got the energy. And I think that he really likes that. Plus, they're like seven years apart. So that's great for his timeline. I mean, I'm like, I think I'm like five or six for my husband and we dated for eight years. So like another Sagittarius afraid to get married, like we finally worked it out. Like she would have been the, she would have been the me, like the patient one, like, yeah, I want to have fun too. I'm good. And she really would have, but I don't think, I think the public commitment of being a couple and I really feel like he is bland for her. Like, yeah, she is energetic. She's spunky. She's high spirited and you're a little boring. And you think that, you know, Canadian hats are toboggans and she, mm-hmm. she didn't like that. Um, <laughs> and she doesn't like that you had a pet turtle either. I mean, she already has put you in your place a numerous amount of times. Yeah. She was like, you turtle freak. Like, what is this? <laughs> what? Are, what are- <laughs> and her sister said on Instagram that she had a pet gecko and she was very insulted by that. <laughs> he's like yeah whatever's best for you like I want you know like fly birdie fly I want you to be happy and if that's not with me then so be it but he his he cries hysterically then the roles reverse like let me put you in a car and you cry in the car for once (laughs) I don't know I don't know what I thought about it then I was like oh my god are they gonna make her the bachelorette like are they just like trying this out like it was so bizarre but also she didn't do a very good like audition for being the bachelorette in this moment. You know, she could have been like after the fact, like in an ITM or something like he just wasn't for me, but like, I know my person's out there somewhere and like, I can't wait to find him or like whatever. But she was just like, uh, no, I don't like you. Bye. And then he was crying. <laughs> it, it wasn't a great look. Like, I think she was a little too like brutally honest with him. She could have said anything else to soften the blow but on like a differing opinion actually I think that there is a chance that when all this is said and done they could maybe date I could see it and in a more like casual format she'd be more comfortable they teased it on the the clip for the whatever the next episode is maybe they're setting it up that could be a way I think you're right that it could turn and be like people might feel like supportive of that type of relationship for them because like you know that format definitely wasn't for her being on tv and being really public in that way but the thing is she's also a leo moon and i was looking at their sinistry and there is certain things that kind of point to like you can intensely like him and have that immediate attraction but then just not have it anymore and just like kind of like shut and be like "Mm, that was great while it lasted but I'm good anyone's really compatible no matter how many challenging aspects you have in your charts it's just like really how you handle the challenges but if I really I reflected I'm like I have never really met a Scorpio Sagittarius relationship even though they definitely exist they don't exist enough that I've actually seen them in my personal sphere of influence everyone was shocked that he was crying so hard because they were like I didn't know he really had that kind of feel for her I think it was a mixed bag of emotions let's put it this way I think he saw it as a failure. And another thing is that this is the third self-elimination of his season. Sarah, Kit, her. Mm. They're just not that into you, bro. They're not going to stay. At the end of the day, it's like you are still going to be left with like the sprinkle of rejection, no matter how you put it. 
even if he wanted them to leave first, you know, you know, when like you want to break up with someone, but it just sucks when they break up with you first, or you yes. want to quit a job, but mm-hmm. the job like lets you go first. Like there's nothing worse. We get to the rose ceremony. Obviously everyone gets a rose, but he gives Brie the last rose and she noticed it. So mm-hmm. then we get into the scenes for next week. It's the women tell all the women are fighting with Victoria and Anna is confronted. Shocker not. We see Serena P say that she cares about him but there's still so much and she's asked if she thinks that that she maybe made the wrong decision does she want to revisit this relationship dun 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 then we get a preview for the fantasy suites rachel gets upset and insecure shocker then we see a scene where matt's crying having a mini existential crisis i'm the most excited for this part i have to say Mm -hmm. and chris says he's very sorry what could this be does his father come that's what the rumors are saying Let's get into some Bachelor Nation news and gossip. And boy, do we have some for you guys this week. Very weird. Let's just also remember Mercury is still in shadow. It was very much in retrograde when a lot of this stuff was happening and it's continuing to happen. Hannah Brown's brother, he is now dating Jed Wyatt's ex, the one that claimed to be dating Jed when he was on The Bachelorette and got engaged to Hannah Brown. Like, how does this even happen? Like, did they just slide into each other's DMs and it's like, oh, we know the same people. (laughs) Like, what the heck? So incredibly weird and so incredibly random. Like, what in the world? I can tell you how it happened. How? It could have happened naturally. Maybe they know mutual people. I'll give, you know, the benefit of the doubt. Or he's a complete fuckboy narcissist I did see somewhere that he is a bit of a player so and that he moves on from girls quickly I don't know it's just like a lot of fame hoariness for me um we shall see next speaking of fame whores uh it looks like Kelly and Peter may have broken up again so I don't know if you guys saw her Instagram um a few days ago it was really weird she tried to make these artsy stories with Brianna's take a bow just like as she was going through the streets of New York City and then it kind of ended on this like heart monument structure thing and she also um unfollowed Dustin who is either living with Peter or they're like the roommates Yeah, I think they're roommates and they were together for quarantine, you know, those first few months, like they both were living with Kelly. Obviously, she's close with Dustin. Well, not anymore. Um, She's unfollowed him. I have a feeling their reunion was very quick. And Peter was probably like, I have not slept with any other girls. And Dustin was probably like, yeah, 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 no, he he hasn't. And then she found out that both of them lied to her. That's my take. But She is moving to New York still and was touring all of these um, insane apartments. Showing off all the apartments she was seeing, like, look at what you're missing. And the whole point of that Take a Bow music video was like a montage. And you can tell she went to all their favorite places or all the places they enjoyed going to. It was all these restaurants, these rooftops, all these uh, views of the city. I literally never want to hear of or from either of these people again in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Barb rubbed off on her because that video, let me tell you, that montage wasn't created by story with the Instagram music feature added on top of it. It was pre-montaged, pre-clipped, pre-edited, music put in. But it was so bad. It looked like a 75-year-old woman decided to like join Instagram and like take videos and photos and like their grandkids taught them how. It just was like, 
awkward to watch because it wasn't good. It wasn't artsy at all. It looked like Barb made it herself and sent it over to Kelly. And Kelly was like, you read my mind, Barb. Another reconciliation during Mercury Retrograde, which who knows if it'll stick or not, which is Dale and Claire. So we knew last week that they were seeing each other. She flew out to Venice, Florida. Um, Now they're just like holding hands, making out in public, like straddling each other. Apparently, they're looking for property somewhere in Florida. They were at the Ritz-Carlton this weekend uh, in Sarasota, I believe. And there's this video of a fan kind of like following them as they're literally like making out, jumping on top of each other. And the fan is videoing and she's like, guys, do you have anything to say to your fans? We're so happy you're back together. And he's just like, we just want some privacy, please. And I'm like, oh, you want some privacy? As <laughs> Sorry, the water went down the wrong pipe. <laughs> Oh my God, you want privacy, Dale Moss? You just stood at an intersection, like the biggest intersection in Venice, Florida for 30 minutes. I guess these days when, you know, everyone has to wear masks inside places or where there's people, like this is the only way to get publicly photographed. Oh my gosh. And the beach, which they also did. Oh yeah. They're all over the beach, all over restaurants. I mean, listen, like I do wish them the best. And I do think that they're kind of cute. I was checking his Instagram followers to see if they went up at all. Again, I think he's around 730K now, which I mean, he was close to 800K before he dumped Claire. So he's still got a lot of work to do. Damn. I'll tell you what it is. It's another Pisces. And again, I know some people think Claire's is an Aries. I don't get that vibe from her. Claire's is a Pisces. Let's just say that she's a Pisces. She has more Pisces energy. The reason why people are confused is because she's on the cusp. We don't know her birth time. So she could be either or, but Claire, I'm pretty sure you are a Pisces. Kelly, also Pisces. You both answered a text from your ex during Mercury retrograde. You should have known better. Case closed. Next, just a little bit of update on Chris Harrison. Um, This is just so tone deaf. So, you know, Cameo, obviously, if you guys don't know, Cameo is this website app where you can book celebrities to send a video to a loved one, basically. And there's a lot of Bachelor people on it. And Chris Harrison used to be on it for $500 for like a two to three minute video. Okay. So then once the scandal happened, he went off Cameo. He's like, you won't be hearing from me for a while. All of a sudden, last week, he gets back on Cameo, lowers his price, I think either to $350 or $300. So he's downgraded himself on Cameo and is like sending out messages to fans. And then people started calling him out, including Bachelor Data. And now his Cameo is taking a break again. It's just like, oh, it's so messy. And Lauren Zima skipped Entertainment Tonight last week. She skipped Roses and Rosé and... She said she was stuck in a snowstorm in the Midwest, which is where she's from. My thoughts are like, why were you back in the Midwest? Like, are you going through a breakup? Did you need your mom? That kind of thing. Like, I don't know. It's very, um, and I just wanted to say something about Lauren Zima. Uh, I know her, like I really honestly like Lauren Zima. I don't think a man's actions necessarily like reflect upon the woman, but let me tell you this much her coming out publicly with Chris Harrison wasn't that great for her career. Like she was killing it and being attached to somebody like that isn't exactly ideal. A lot of people think that she was profiting off of it. Like, oh, she didn't even like him that much. You know, she was just trying to like work her way up. And that's- Or it was like a form of like clout chasing. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not really the case. Like, first of all, she's extremely private. Second of all, she- 
being associated with Chris Harrison makes her look like she is clout chasing and so she wouldn't do it exactly she normally would run from it unless she really felt like something with him 100% so and like I've seen them together and you know it it seemed real when I've seen them together so I just I know that this is gonna hurt her career I think tremendously and she's gonna have to make a choice to stay with him or not and We'll see what happens, but to be honest, I don't really think she has much of a choice at this point. Her career has always been like her most important thing. So um, I guess we'll see what happens with that. But you also said to me when we were talking, we talked about this privately, I was asking you because I heard on other podcasts, like she definitely benefited from the relationship and everything like that. And you were like, absolutely not like that. She was, she was doing, she was pulling herself up the ranks without him prior to their relationship going public, right? Yeah, she already had the ET exclusive for Bachelor Nation. And that's how they met is because she was doing press like for The Bachelor. She was doing all behind the scenes stuff. You know, she'd interviewed him before, but she already had her foot in the door. She already had roses in rosé. Um, she's underneath Kelty Knight, who is like a top dog at entertainment tonight, also host of the Lady Gang. What are your guys' takes on Lauren's email? Like completely honest, just because I like her doesn't mean you have to like her. I like Lauren. Um, I don't think that she was with Chris for the clout with regards to like Bachelor Nation stuff. I think she's already established herself as one of, if not the premier Bachelor no, journalist, entertainment news reporter. But it's obviously no secret that Chris Harrison is a, an incredibly wealthy man who's like pretty powerful in the entertainment industry. So was. Well, exactly was. Thank you, Melissa. So I don't know. It's just something else to think about there. I think she seems like a decent person. Obviously pretty embarrassing for your boyfriend to do that. <laughs> yeah. I Like we were saying before, her career is her number one baby. I think she cares about that more than the relationship. I don't think coddling Chris was her first reaction. I think it was like, what am I going to do? And I'm, I'm pretty sure he stood there like, you, you know, but look, she's had her career longer than she's been in a relationship with him. And I personally would have been the same. Like he did something that doesn't align to her values. So, and that's something that can like show you who a person is and maybe he, him speaking that outwardly about his, basically maybe his more private thoughts, or maybe she's seen that come through a little bit, but like, that would be a shock to me or anyone who's dating someone. And especially if you're in the world as a public figure, you're not going to want to be associated with that. We'll see. Um, I am sending her some, her some good vibes because I, she is, she is a nice person and um, I hate that she's, you know, being dragged through the mud like this, but you're so right, Lindsay. You know, it's like when you have a friend that's really nice to you, but you see how shitty they treat other people. I mean, I'm flattered, I guess, that you're nice to me, but I don't like this. Like it's, it makes me uncomfortable how crappy you are to other people. And then, you know, sometimes you end the friendship once you see that in them. So just another part of this long sorted tale that we will be continuing (laughs) to have to talk about. Well, speaking on that topic, there's rumors that Rachel Lindsay could possibly be doing after the final rose instead of Chris Harrison. And I don't know, like I would love for her to do it as a viewer, but for Rachel's own, like Rachel Lindsay's own sanity and mental health, like, would you really want to do that? I mean, they better be paying her a very pretty penny if she does do it. She's definitely in a tough position. 
because this is the most diverse cast of women, not just men, of women. So for her, I'm sure she wants to make sure that this experience goes well for them, that the right questions are asked to them. And she might feel like she's the one, the only one who can really do it it justice, knowing that she's been through the experience on both sides of the spectrum as a contestant and as a lead. And then on top of that, you know, like she's someone that can help them open up more than we would get from other interviewers. The emotional labor and she's done so much like for her to have to carry something else on her back, that worries me. I don't want her to have to do that. And it might put her in a kind of weird position as the person who was in this kind of exchange with Chris Harrison. Yeah. That might come off kind of weird if she is now taking his place or or in that that role, filling the role. But I think she would do a really good job. Like you're right. She has that those skill sets of being on TV versus like if they tried to pull someone else in from Bachelor Nation. Because I heard something about like maybe Taisha or who knows, but like, you know, people are floating names around, but she's still, I don't see her as having the type of skills that uh, Rachel Lindsay has built. Mm -hmm. She would be a great, great person to have. And, you know, you never know what's going to happen. That would be a really cool progressive move if they did, you know, retire Chris Harrison. Mm -hmm. Probably time for them to pick someone else. She would be a great, a great person. And speaking of, again, all that drama, we have an official statement from Matt James. He had spoken out, I think, on his Instagram stories or something when this all happened a couple of weeks ago, like, I stand against racism, blah, blah, blah. But not a real statement. I'm just going to read the statement that he put out. It honestly is pretty heartbreaking to me. The post few weeks have been some of the most challenging of my life. And while there are several episodes left of the season, it is important that I take the time to address the troubling information that has come to light since we wrapped filming, including the incredibly disappointing photos of Rachel Kirkinell and the interview between Rachel Lindsay and Chris Harrison. The reality is that I'm learning about these situations in real time, and it has been devastating and heartbreaking to put it bluntly. Chris's failure to receive and understand the emotional labor that my friend Rachel Lindsay was taking on by graciously and patiently explaining the racist history of the antebellum South, a painful history that every American should understand intimately, was troubling and painful to watch. As Black people and allies immediately knew and understood, it was a clear reflection of a much bigger issue that the Bachelor franchise has fallen short on addressing adequately for years. This moment has sparked critical conversations and reporting, raised important questions, and resulted in inspiring displays of solidarity from the Bachelor Nation. It has also pushed me to reevaluate and process what my experience on The Bachelor represents, not just for me, but for all of the contestants of color, especially the Black contestants of this season and seasons past, and for you, the viewers at home. I will continue to process this experience, and you will hear more from me in the end. My greatest prayer is that this is an inflection point that results in real and institutional change for the better. So after he made that statement, um, again, we're a spoiler podcast, Reality Steve came out and said that if it wasn't obvious by the statement, then he's going to tell us that it is official from his sources that him and Rachel um, have broken up and they're no longer together. So, you know, I just feel bad for Matt because he was put in a situation that he thought was a safe space, that he thought these women were vetted and that there wouldn't be any racists in the mix that had this kind of history. How do you guys think the rest of this is is gonna play out and the after the final rose? It just seems like it's gonna be so painful to watch. I mean, the whole thing just sucks so much that like such a historic thing 
finally having the first black bachelor is being tainted by all of this, all of these awful racist actions. And, you know, it's becoming bigger than the season. It's just such a bummer and such a shame and, you know, not what anyone was anticipating. It's like they can't cut her out at this point. Really, I don't know how much re-editing they're going to do if they're going to I know they're recutting some stuff um to kind of get Chris Harrison out there was even rumors that they weren't going to air the women tell all at all but they are it will be on next week so yeah uh developing story but I don't think he's with anybody I don't really see him going back to any of the prior women I don't know I kind of saw him going back to the prior women but he has a beard oh and awful. A, a beard to cis men is what a bob is to women <laughs> it's right horrible. i've had a lot of breakup bobs i've cut my hair so many times after after i leave a job i hated after a breakup i go straight to a bob and he's got the beard it's such a sign we'll keep you guys posted because at this point the news and gossip is more entertaining than the show but in a bad way and in, in the worst way possible, but there's just, there's more going on there really because he's so obviously obsessed with Rachel. I'm really worried about the general audience that's trying to stay away from spoilers. They really think this is going to go like sunshine and rainbows at the end. I, I wonder if after the final rose, like how they're going to go about that. There's rumors swirling that she's not even going to be on it, right? I don't think she has a choice contractually. And I don't think it would do any justice for her image that she's trying to repair if she doesn't. But yeah, I mean, if I were her, I'd be shitting my pants, like especially if I have to sit across from Rachel Lindsay. Well, ABC probably doesn't want her because they run away from all these issues instead of rectifying it appropriately. So I could see them being like, oh, you're a liability. Don't come on. And everyone's going to be even more mad at them. It's better off for both parties if she's on. I bet she will be on and I bet it'll be kind of like maybe even presented like they're breaking up like her dream relationship ending as her kind of like punishment for all of this coming out like look see I am taking accountability you know I could just see it going that way like my broken heart is one of my consequences yeah 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 Thank you so much for having us on. This has been so fun. And I love talking about The Bachelor. We talk about it all the time, but it's so fun to talk about with three other crazy women who love it. So <laughs> I've loved this. Actually, me and Amelia are combining forces into a new studio, like design studio. So we're in the middle of transitioning. So you can find me at superstition.studio. That is my website. And that's where you can find me right now. And at Final Rose Tarot, at Final Rose Tarot on Instagram. And I've had such a blast too. Thank you so much for having us. And I hope I didn't bum everyone out with my pessimistic conspiracy theories against ABC. I want them to replace Chris Harrison. Let me just make that clear in case I wasn't clear. Yeah, you can find me obviously at Final Rose Tarot um, on Instagram and also my personal account is Amelia Rose Tattoo, all one word. Yeah. yeah. If you guys are in LA and you want some tats, go to her. <laughs> she does amazing work. I've seen your Instagram and I mean, both of you do with your graphic design too, Lindsay. So congratulations. And guys, um, you can find their Kickstarter through their Instagram and you can donate by donating. That means you actually will get cool stuff though. So it's not mm. really donating. It's just contributing. Yeah. Um, Just literally pre-ordering your deck. (laughs) That's awesome.
So now we're gonna do our throw a batch segment where we assign a different cocktail to the girls in the episode based on their personality and their performance. First up is Michelle, who is just the most lovely, perfect person ever. I'm gonna give her a green apple martini. It's a sweet, kind of fun, flirty drink, which I think Michelle is, and the apple is there because she's a teacher. I'm going to give her the bee's knees. I think I've given this to someone before, but it's okay. We are bound to repeat at this point. So two ounces of gin, three quarters ounce lemon juice, freshly squeezed, by the way, a half ounce of honey syrup, and garnish lemon twist. So I just think Michelle is the bee's knees. She is my favorite contestant out of these final four, but also I think maybe of the season. And I think it's pretty cool that she came in late and she has taken our hearts so much. I give Michelle a sangria because she is just delicious. She's sweet and she's got it all. She's funny. She's a teacher, but she can kick it. She can play basketball. Like, I just feel there's nothing she could suck at, honestly. Next, we have Michelle's dad, Ephraim. And I just loved him. I think, you know, I speak for all of Bachelor Nation when I say that we all just fell in love with him. And I'm giving him a whiskey on the rocks, a manly drink, something that he could, you know, sit by the fire and slowly sip on while just telling us about stories from his life because he just seemed like such an interesting person and I just like want to hear him talk. I'm going to give Ephraim a cocktail called Holy Water because I think that he seems like the best dad ever and is amazing. So it's one ounce of vodka, one ounce of rum, half ounce of blue carousel, half ounce of peach schnapps, four ounces of lemonade, splash of pineapple juice. Great cocktail for a great man. I'm going to give him a Kahlua hot chocolate. It's a boozy hot chocolate. It is warm. It is rich. He feels like home and nothing's more homey than a hot chocolate. I love you, Papa Young. And Brie, I'm going to give Brie a spiked warm apple cider, something that's kind of like comforting because she seems really nervous and anxious and kind of unsure of herself in this episode. She's not sure if she's going to tell Matt how she really feels. She ends up doing it, but she's super nervous and this drink is nice and warm and comforting. I'm gonna give Brie a spiked ginger lemonade. So it's a cup of sugar, a cup, a cup of sugar. That's a lot of sugar, holy shit. Cup of water, six lemons, eight ounces of vodka, and two bottles of ginger beer. So why I'm giving her this cocktail is because she is very doubtful, but also trying to be fun. But you can tell she kind of has that ginger, like doubtfulness in her, but she wants to be sweet like lemonade. And then of course you got to spike it with some vodka. I'm going to give Brie the love potion cocktail because she needs something to mend that broken heart. She already is kind of on the waits for, right? Like she's Kind of, yeah. she sees it coming. Next up is Bree's mom. And I'm just giving Bree's mom a nice glass of really, really good red wine. Something to just like relax at the end of the day. She was a single mom raising Bree. She did an amazing job. And this woman just needs to relax with a nice glass of wine. I'm giving Bree's mom, Lauren, the Bahama Mama. So we have some rum, coconut flavored rum and grenadine syrup and orange juice and pineapple juice and crushed ice. This lady needs a vacation. She seems like an amazing mom and she can be the Bahama mama on vacation. We are giving Bree's mom the love heart because she needs to help Bree mend that heart as she has 
already volunteered to do as a awesome mom that she is it involves the kettle one vodka brute champagne a phrase de bois if you even know what that is um the parfait armor liqueur and a strawberry on the rim if i were you i would just do the kettle one vodka the champagne and the strawberry on the rim for serena p i'm gonna give her a nice martini she knows what she has to do in this episode she's pretty straightforward there's not a lot of other fancy stuff there, like a martini. She knows that she has to tell Matt she's leaving, and she does it. I'm giving Serena P. a cedar sour, which is a very big Canadian drink, according to the internet. So it has some two ounces of cedar rye and lemon juice, lemon thyme syrup, and an egg white. It is complicated, but it is very interesting, just like Serena P. So I'm giving Serena P. a drink that's called Seriously Mysterious, because even though we can see right through her and so can her family, she's seriously mysterious to Matt. It is one and a half ounces of scotch, vermouth, red vermouth, creme de cacao, sherry, and salt tincture with Jamaican bitters. Those ingredients are mysterious to me. All right, guys. Well, thank you all so much for joining us for this week of Thor Batch. We hope that you all enjoyed our episode, especially with our special guests from the final Rose Tarot. Please follow us at Throw It Batch Pod on Instagram and rate, review, subscribe. We'd love to hear your feedback. We also, like we said earlier, had an amazing clubhouse room this week. It's so fun. It's like sitting on your couch with your girlfriends, watching The Bachelor, talking about it during commercials, but it's with some very interesting strangers. We had, I think, our biggest room this week. So DM us if you need an invite because I'm sure we have some to give and we'll see y'all next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.